All right, we are back this week with episode three of the Check the Tape podcast. This is Aria Atari. Um, we got a weekly schedule now, I think. I think this is like the right time. Tuesdays, right after Monday Night Football. Um, even though today we're not going to be talking about football. Well, we will, but not to start. But uh, Brian's back again. Your third week in a row. Or Actually, we took a week off, but you're back. I'm back. You, you keep bringing me back. I must be doing something right. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe I just don't have anyone else to bring on. One or the, one or the other. <laughs> I'll, right? I'll listen, uh, I'll take that as a compliment. That's all right. Um, so, yeah, the World Series. That was the big thing that happened this last week since the last time we talked. We talked before, I think before game one. Um, and, yeah, the Red Sox won in five. They beat the Los Angeles Dodgers, won their fourth World Series in 15 years, and I was very excited. Uh, it was it was it was it was great. It was a great win. Um, you know, I don't want to go off on a tangent and just be the insufferable Boston fan that people can't stand. So why don't why don't you start and why don't you say some things that piqued your interest in the World Series or your takeaways? Why don't well, you go ahead? Here, here's I, I have really two or maybe three. First of all, uh, clearly the Red Sox were the best team in baseball. Throughout the entire season. Well, yeah, they won the most games. There was there was no question there, and they were clearly better than the Dodgers, uh, clearly better than the Yankees. Really, the only team that you could have a problem with uh, for Boston would be the Astros, and they handled the Astros pretty well too in the ALCS. So, I mean, the the, the clear best team in the league won this year. The second thing I can take away from this is Dave Roberts managed himself potentially onto the hot seat. For the 2019 season, uh, this is two straight uh, playoffs now that he has really kind of mismanaged things um, across the board, especially in the World Series. Um, you know, the whole Rich Hill situation was talked about um, ad nauseum going into the final game of the World Series, and then of course, you know, you had similar situations happen last year when the Dodgers lost in seven games to the Astros. Uh, it just doesn't seem to be able to handle his bullpen and his starting pitching very well. Um, on the same side of that, too, you know, at what point is Clint Kershaw going to step up? I mean, this is a guy that has a, a four ERA in his career in the postseason. So, uh, it's not going to do it. And so, the last thing before I switch it over to you, Aria, is that this is the first time I'm really concerned about the status of baseball. Really? Oh you know, wow! You, you know me. I'm a big. I'm a big baseball guy. Purist? Been, uh, not not a purist. I've always been. I've not never been concerned about the product on the field. You know the ratings. You know the, the people's perception of baseball. After this World Series, I am. There was no buzz. No buzz about the World Series. Uh, no real kind of. Uh, you mean you mean outside of like the two cities? Outside of Boston and not even LA. <laughs> LA, uh, really, just Boston. This this concerns me a lot. Uh, Do you think there was more buzz for the ALDS against the Yankees than there was for the World Series? Yes, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I just I, that concerns me. That's probably the biggest thing I take away. So okay, uh, I wanted to just say with Kershaw real quick. You know, I don't know if. He has the stigma now. He's a great regular season pitcher, best pitcher of this generation, but can't get it done in the playoffs. Kind of like what Peyton Manning was like in the NFL for years, although Peyton Manning did win a Super Bowl. I mean, he won two Super Bowls, but he had that one Super Bowl for majority of his career, and then he won that last one in his final year when he wasn't really uh, producing. So 
with Kershaw, it's like at some point you got to win in the playoffs. Now, what do I think the door's shut and he can't win? No. Uh, he's still in his, what, early 30s, right? And we see, we've seen it happen. We see Verlander get traded from Detroit to Houston, change, his, change the perception of his career when that World Series with the Astros the year before. And we see seen it with David Price this year. So David Price, uh, I mean, he didn't change teams or anything. Well, he has changed teams a bunch, but this year was the year he broke through. And, you know, he had that awful game two against the Yankees and, all Red Sox fans are just like, he can't pitch in the postseason. He can't pitch in against the Yankees. Why the hell do we have him if he can't do either of those two things? That was the that was the story. That was the rap on him. And then uh, he comes out game two against Houston. We win that game, and but he doesn't get the win. I don't I don't think he pitched like a full six innings. I think that's why he didn't get the win because you need to pitch exactly six, right? You gotta pitch. Uh, yeah, you gotta pitch. Five and two thirds. Five and two. Okay. Uh, so he didn't get the win, but then he gets the win in game five. Uh, he against Verlander, his old teammate, actually. Uh, he gets the win game two against the Dodgers and game five against the Dodgers. So he had three wins the last couple of games and kind of flipped the switch on the narrative of, of on him. And I really think he should have been the MVP of the World Series. Like, you know, Steve Pierce had the three home runs. He had nine RBIs, I believe it was. And yeah, like that's cool and all, but I think Price was kind of the one who I'll remember his performances the most because even though Pierce had some good hits, I didn't walk away from that World Series thing. It was kind of weird. I didn't feel like any of our batters were like single-handedly that dominant. Like Jackie Bradley Jr. in the um, ALCS, I felt like no doubt he was the World Series MVP combined with what he does on defense too. Well, not the World Series MVP, the ALCS MVP. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, with this one, I just felt like JD had some big hits. Uh, Benintendi had big hits that first game. Nunez hit a home run. Devers, uh, the only guys who should not have won MVP were Mookie Betts and Xander Bogarts. I mean, Mookie, Mookie got that home run in game five to put us up 3-1. And Xander, Xander was just, he went 0 for 9 at some point. No, no, no. It was like 0 for 8, but in I think it was in that 18 inning game, he went 0 for 8, but it was like 9 outs because like one of them, he he sent us into a double play. Um, so he wasn't very good. Um, you know, the first two games, the Red Sox just, uh, you know, the bats, Ben Attendi was the best player in game one. Nunez hit that key home run. Game two, uh, price pitch lights out. Red Sox got runs on the board. JD had that big uh, RBI double. And then yeah. game three, you know, you have the 18 inning game and Kinsler almost blew it twice. Well, actually, he did blow it twice. He would have he would have almost blown it if the Red Sox had lost the series. Or I don't even know what I'm right. saying, actually. He got, he got um, bailed out. He got bailed out. He got bailed out, yeah, because he couldn't run the bases. You know, he almost got picked off on he first base. He almost out three times. Yeah, well, he, no, he was almost out twice. He got out the third time. Right, 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 right. right. So, yeah, he was – he that was just unbelievable. Like, what were you doing? I think that's like – and the worst part is, you know, we pinch ran for him because J.D. got walked. And it's like we pinch ran – the whole point of pinch running is to put someone in who can run the bases good. Like, what the hell? It was so bad. Like, he was a lunatic. It looked like he was – 
uh, amped up on sugar and just didn't know like what to do. And he was just like running out of control like a madman. And, um, yeah, so he, you know, he almost got out on third, almost got picked off on first and then his run home, like that throw from Bellinger wasn't that good. You know, I tend to agree with you on that one. The thing about that throw is that it's just the timing of it. You know, so many times you see a guy completely miss the plate, you know, at this point in, in major league baseball with the whole, you know, you can't block the plate. You know, catchers have to be careful about where they're standing. The throw took him up the line, but because Ian Kinsler, you know, doesn't get the good jump, because it's, you know, a shallow fly ball, because of the situation, everyone loves the throw. The throw wasn't great. Yeah, the throw wasn't great, and I think if Kinsler did a better job running, he would have, uh, you know, I think anyone, I think like if it was, I think he should have gotten it. Uh, The other thing is, that, so then that game is tied for the 18 innings. doesn't end until around 3.30 a.m. Eastern time. And Evaldi comes in and starts pitching lights out in the extra innings. Uh, I Oh, let, let me talk about – and then he, you know, he gets to the point where we're one out away from winning game three. And Kinsler has the worst throw ever. I don't really understand why they pitched to Puig, but I am not doubting Alex Cora. Like every move he made – this postseason was incredible. The one thing he kept doing that other managers I didn't see doing was he had no problem bringing in his starter in a later game in the series in the pitch out of the eighth inning in relief. And I yeah. thought, and I thought like that method of going a little bit unconventional really worked out for the Red Sox. Like they would have Rick Porcello come in, Evaldi came in in games one and two of the World Series, and I also think Evaldi could have won an MVP if they had actually won Game Three. But anyways, so it was incredible. So, but we still pitched a Puig. I didn't really get that. And uh, instead of eating the ball, Kinsler threw it, and was one of the worst throws I've ever seen. Dodgers score, and the whole method of which they got to the point where they scored um, was, oh my god, um, like they the I. The guy got to second base because Nunez fell into the stands to catch a pop uh, to catch one of the fly balls. Um, so that was oh my god, but yeah. Then they went in. Muncy hits the home run on Evaldi. Game four, you have the comeback game. Uh, let's so we can talk about Roberts a little bit. Pulls um pulls uh what's his name out? Rich Hill. Rich Hill. Sorry, I was yeah I was blanking. I don't know why. Uh, he pulls Rich Hill out and puts in he put now I think Rich Hill walked Xander and then he put in uh what's his name? Not uh not Madsen. Who was the guy before Madsen? It was Scott Alexander. Uh, Alexander. Is his first name Scott? Um he's a new he's a newer pitcher. I don't know what his first name is, I just know Alexander, but he was in for one batter. He walked he walked uh he walked one guy, I think on, on yeah, it is four Scott. or five pitches. It is Scott. Um, Four or five pitches, and that. And that so he night was he done. walked. Uh, I think he got one out though, and then he walked Brock Holt. Then they brought in Madsen, and I think Madsen got Jackie Bradley out, and then they pinch hit Moreland. Moreland has the three run homer. Pierce ties it, uh, and then they have that big fifth inning. Kimbrel comes in, of course, to give the Red Sox fans a heart attack right on cue. Gives up two runs, uh, but Red Sox win, and then Game Five. Um, you know, pretty much start to finish that game. The Red Sox start off with Pierce, that two-run bomb, and then um, Price just deals the whole game, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. The big things for me from takeaways was Cora's, like, genius. 
how he goes. Uh, he went for it all in game three. He he manages those games to win. He's not worried about the next night or anything, which to be honest with you, I kind of liked because when his team had a run, he was like, well, I think his mindset is we have a better chance of winning this game than we would another game, you know? Yeah. Uh, when his team has the lead, I mean, not with a run. Um, and then his willingness to do the thing where he would start or where he would use the starting pitchers out of the bullpen. Um, the Red Sox offense, I didn't feel like one guy kind of stood out. Uh, you know, during the regular season, it was Mookie and JD were the two guys. Mookie had a pretty bad playoffs. So let's be real. JD, I thought JD had a good playoffs. I thought he was pretty good. He had three homers throughout the playoffs. His biggest hit was that, I don't know, was it game one against the Yankees or was it game two against the Dodgers? It was. I think, I think his best play was outside of the World Series. I really do. What do you mean? Um, what, game Yankee one? series. Game one against the Yankees. How he hit that yeah. three-run bomb. Uh, I do think he was clearly playing injured after the ankle injury. Uh, I don't know. I don't uh, think. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Um, but he, uh, he, yeah. So I think that or the one against the Dodgers when he had the two RBI hit. Um, but yeah, I mean, they won, they won the, uh, they won the most games. They were the best team all year. It was a really fun team. It's nice um, when you have a high payroll. I mean, you know, it's, we're the most dominant team of the century. And then uh, I, I hate that National League rule, though. It really bothered me that we didn't have Jackie Bradley in the outfield those last three games. Like, like it's one thing to, like, be on one side of the argument or, like, to, you know, some people are against the pitcher hitting or some people are, are for it. But I think everyone's in agreement of, you know what, we might have our side, but can we just have unanimous rules? Like You know, at some points I tend to agree with you in that, you know, a sense of, uh, you know, of agreement between that rule would be... Like, could you imagine, could you imagine the Western Conference in the NBA, only the Western Conference could shoot threes? And then when you got to... Wow, I mean, that's that's totally different. Okay, what about this? What about this? In the NFL, um, you have to go for it on every fourth down in the AFC. I mean, that's different, too. The, the, The difference, a better way to describe it would be in the Western Conference, you can't play a player over... Seven foot. Okay, what about this? What about in the AFC? You're not allowed to use field goal kickers. You can have one on your roster, but you can't like you. Ah, that's actually dumb because then he wouldn't. No, it's more of a because the pitcher isn't completely removed from the game right. in the National League. It's more of a stipulation. Like you know, it would be more of you know this player can't. This I don't type know. Of I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to harp too much on this issue. This is. Like, I like it. I mean, I, I still like it. I, I don't. I like how don't. how it throws an extra wrinkle in it, and so you know stupid. you have to adapt. So you know, stupid. You, triple A. The best team, if you National the best League team, is Triple A. Maybe Double no. A. All right. Honestly, but, it's not because the minor leagues, the pitchers don't hit. I want to toot my own horn a little bit. Um, uh, you know, I did say last week Red Sox in five, didn't I? You did. I also said I also said the Dodgers were the most uh, were the easiest opponent the Red Sox have played in the playoffs. The Yankees and Astros were better. Uh, I saw not? this I saw this meme of uh, a fan. Oh well, spoiler alert! If you haven't seen Avengers: Infinity War, uh, a fan. Well, you probably might have seen the meme. It was the Thanos thing with uh, the. It took the Dodgers because our top like four or five hitters. Well, I think it was top four went like oh for twenty something in game three and for like a large amount of game four, 
and it was like it took the Red Sox, it took the Dodgers, the top four hitters going O for whatever amount it was, twenty something, just to win by one inning and one run in eighteen innings. And it was the Thanos thing, and it was like all that for a drop of blood. Yep. Yeah. Well, at one it was point, funny. it was like it was O for forty one. I think that. Uh, one through four. Yeah, the, the top lineup. of the order was abysmal. The one for four, one through four in the lineup for both the Red Sox and the Dodgers in that game that went the eighteen innings. This is unbelievable. Yeah, it was abysmal for most of the um, for all of Game Three and most of Game Four, and then Moreland hit the home run. Well, he was at the bottom of the order, and then Pierce had his solo shot, and then they uh, they were able to tack on more at the top of the ninth there. So. Well, you got to explain to the listeners, how did you feel after the bottom of the 18th inning? Oh, after, like, they lost? Yes. I felt like they were – I felt like uh, game two was also over – or not game two, sorry, game four, because I thought, you know, I liked what Cora did at the time. He put all the resources out and he was ready to go. But, you know, Erod only faced one pitcher. And I thought he would be good to go for game four. And he was. He was pretty good and might have left them in one pitcher, one batter too long against Puig, um, who hit the four, who hit the three run homer to put the Dodgers up 4 0. I don't know. You could argue maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I, I thought Erod, they, the logic was Erod did better against left handers. Uh, or Puig was worse against left handers than right handers, actually. Um, Which is weird. Yeah, I guess there was some statistics on that. Uh, it was crazy though. Like I didn't think I, I, I was. I thought like that game was gonna be like a two a two game loss. You know. Found a way. I mean that that coming down coming back from four nothing was the was the difference. You realize they I mean, won the World Series with Chris Sale pitching five innings. That's insane. Chris Sale pitched and five innings. And one of those innings. innings was the final inning of the World Series. Yeah, when they were up four runs, he came in the. I guess it wasn't a save because they were up four runs, but you know, no, close yeah. it out. But no, he closed it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I uh, did I sound too insufferable? What do you think? You've been worse. I think if we worse. did this yesterday, I would have been much more insufferable, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, did I say the date at the top? This is on Tuesday. We're recording this on Tuesday, um, which is important for what's coming up next. But um, yeah, I don't know. Are there any other points I should make? Um, I, well, I'm I'm curious to to hear. I mean, you being in Boston, it's tough, but. You know, there was no buzz with this World Series. It was. But do you think that's because? MLB, well, with the, the the thing is, the MLB had probably two of the top teams they could ever ask for in a World Series. Yeah, but I right? don't think that's the team's fault. I think it's just no. what we've seen with baseball. People like, right. you know, baseball's become this sport where everyone watches their own team and they don't really care that much otherwise. Well, like, this idea of Los Angeles being a you know a desirable. <laughs> city for the MLB to have, uh, you know, in, in the World Series is a joke. Absolute joke. So well, who's like, was, so who's the top team in the NL you would want? Because it used to be the Cubs, obviously. But right. Like, I, don't I, I think the, I think the MLB, MLB would argue for the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. I mean. I mean, I don't think the rest of the country would. No, baseball's, I mean, baseball is, um, it's a, it's a regional sport now. You care about your own team. Some people, like the diehards, they care about uh, you know the World Series and the playoffs as a whole. Um, but it's it's become regional, you know. And LA is a sad excuse for a, for a sports city. I mean, that, that's well, another you, you just conversation for another time. So, but I mean, well, you were bagging on LA, and that's a good segue when we get into football. But uh, 
because we're going to talk about the Rams. Um, is there anything else you want to we should say about the World Series? I'm just like trying to think. I mean, like like you said, I mean the, the Red Sox clearly were the best team. Yeah, you made the point. You made uh, the point on I, Dave I, Roberts. I th- yeah, and and I think that you know they basically won the World Series in the AO. Do you think Kershaw's Kershaw's going to leave? Yes, I think. I think he's going to leave, and I, and I actually think he'll have a good one. Uh, I, I, I'm not out on Clayton Kershaw. I think, he will have a better career, I think. I, I'm uh, not out. I just think it, he might have to just get out of L.A., change his scenery. You know, yep. Sometimes when you're just in the same place forever and you're in that rut, not that he's in a rut because he's still one of the best pitchers and he's had great seasons year after year, but like you know what I mean, in that playoff you rut, also, I guess. You you know, sit back and say that he's only 30 years old, too. I mean, exactly 30? had the same situation, uh, left Detroit. Oh, wow, he's uh, exactly 30. Oh, he'll be thirty-one Detroit, next. He'll be thirty-one and next year. Thirty-four years old for Verlander last year. You know, yeah. all he does is you know be the most dominant pitcher in the postseason. Yeah, so, I still believe in really you, Clayton. Possible. I still believe in you, Clayton. Even though I didn't believe in you at all because I thought that we were going to hit off of you like almost you all the time. You didn't believe. You didn't believe in David Price, though. Oh, you have, you have to put that out there for the listeners. You lost me. I did. I did. I did. <laughs> I really did. After Game Two of the Yankees, I really did. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, David Price. Did you see what I tweeted? Uh, I did. After the seventh, David Price is underpaid in all caps. <laughs> he is. Give him a raise. Should he get, should he get keys to the city? Um, yeah, why not, right? Also, also, real quick, we'll finish it out, I guess, on this. Who do you want Ian Kinsler's ring to go to? Well, I said Big Poppy originally, but I think he's getting one, like, anyways. They said something like that. I don't even remember. Um, oh, I really just want to talk about the post game show now. But <laughs> I don't know. Ian Kinsler's ring. Um, uh, can I have it? No, I mean, uh, I don't know who deserves it. I'm trying to think because, like, I remember one time the Pats won the Super Bowl, and I was like, somebody. Oh, I said Legarrette Blunt's ring when he because he fumbled in that game against the Falcons. I said his ring should go to Randy Moss. Yeah, but like I, I, we talked about this a couple of days ago. Legarrette Blunt had a great year, probably his best year of his season. Does Hanley Ramirez get a ring? Does he qualify? Ah, uh, probably not. I, I also, mean, they did cut him in the dugout at Game Seven. I think he gets. Market. I think he gets a ring, but he's not considered a World Series champion. I don't know. That's weird. Baseball's weird. Um. Yeah. Quickly, I want to do the post game show. Um. Did you? What a great show. It's Burkhart, you got Poppy and A Rod. Pete Rose isn't there, but I don't know. I, I, I and then do. your boy Frank Thomas. <sighs> Not a big fan of Frank Thomas on the post game show. <laughs> I, I think Poppy and A Rod are like the stars, and he's just kind of there. You know what I mean? I think they would be able to make it work with a three man crew. Well, oh, just Poppy, A Rod, and um, KB, yeah. And Burkhart? Yeah, I guess. I guess. I, I mean, because if you think about it, they also have a couple of guys on the field. I mean, they have um, Verducci. Yeah, Tom Verducci's out Rosenthal there, and then, uh, and then the other guy um, with the bow tie. Yeah, I don't know. Rosenthal, Ken Rosenthal. Ken Rosenthal, yeah. yeah. And then you got Buck, of course, yeah. upstairs. All right, no one cares about this stuff except for us. But um, all right, so yeah, you mentioned L.A. is a sad excuse for a sports town. Is that, are those your words? Sad excuse for I will go to my grave. All right. Well, they did, at least they had some win, uh, one win on. Uh, or they might have been more, but like I don't know if the Kings won or I think the I think Lakers. the King I think the Kings, the Lakers, the Clippers, and, 
and the or no the Clippers, Kings, Clippers, and uh, and the Rams won. Oh, okay. So everything yeah. except for the one that really mattered. Um, well, and then if you count soccer, I think. No, nope, I don't. I don't. I they don't won count. the playoff game too, and they lost. Don't count the MLS. Um, <laughs> so okay, yeah, the Rams. Rams won against the Packers. Uh, Rams are now eight zero on the year, and. You know, they were down 10-0 at the half, or not at the half, but like right before the half, and then they got the safety, and then they scored uh, once they got the ball back from the safety, scored a touchdown, they're up, they're down 8-10, went for the two-point conversion, didn't get it. So then that whole second half, you know, the Rams offense is just really clicking, they're score, they're, you know, they look like the Rams again, they're scoring uh, simply, and then, you know, the Packers are scoring back. It's back and forth, back and forth, right? We can talk about the nuances and all that. But the, we all know the way it ended. The Rams were in the red zone, third down. Instead of going for, like, a passing play to try and get in the end zone, McVay also, more Also, cons- they're down by a point, too. Also very yeah, they're down by a point. Down they're down by one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, McVay, more conservative, which is a little weird because com- of the track record we've had with him, uh, kicks the field goal. Or no, 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 he, he runs it. Yeah, it was, it was third yeah, and long. Yeah, on third, he runs like, it just to like... Yeah, it was third and medium, third and long, and he decided to run instead of going Yeah, he pass. didn't even want to take a shot at the end zone or anything. So they run it, uh, kick the field goal, go up by two. And then, you know, they then they do the, um, you know, they kick off. The Packers get the ball, they're returning, and the returner fumbles. Rams get the ball, and at that point, they just... they. Get the first down, and yeah. Now, I want to make a point about the Rams, but before we do, I guess we have to talk about the Todd Gurley thing, how he fell down. I'm so sick of people complaining. Oh, we lost the over. Oh, we had the Rams uh, spread, and he ruined it. Like, people and people were freaking – or in fantasy, people were freaking out that he didn't go. The thing I don't get is, like, you do realize there's, like, an opposite side to this. Like, if he had ran in – People would say, "Oh, I lost the under. Oh, I lost the. I lost. I had, I had the Packers. I had the Packers spread. Oh, I lost my fantasy because he went in instead of getting down, which he was supposed to do." So there's two sides of this. Why are people freaking out? Like, I, I don't I, get it. He did what he I was. Think, so- I think that move by him. First of all, cl- clap it up for Todd, Todd Gurley because that move does not happen nearly as much as it should. Uh, you know. Defenders do it a lot when they have you know game icing interceptions and you know they're running around with the ball asking for it to get punched out. Todd Gurley realized that as long as he goes down, the game's over. The, the yeah, so he did what he was supposed to do. He did what he's supposed to do. Don't know why people are mad. It's and a breath also, of fresh air. Honestly, it's a breath of fresh air. Yeah, like I'm not even talking about the people who are mad that they lost their fantasy or their bet or their pick or whatever. I'm talking about the people who are like, "That's insane that you do that." Like, this, you know, there's two sides, right? To every, the, I don't know, man. But anyway, no matter what he did, no matter what he did, unless he was tackled at the one yard line, he did the right no thing. What, what is there to talk about? So let me, uh, so let me, so with the Rams, I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on uh, Gurley and whether or not he should have gone down with the Rams. So they're eight zero now, right? I want to go through their schedule, or not their schedule, but like their eight wins. Okay, let me just go through them all real quick. Tell me where you're impressed or not impressed by the win. Okay. Okay. Week one, it was Monday night against Gruden's Raiders. They won thirty-three thirteen. Well, you well, and I, we've I never. I, you got to do this. We got to do this quickly. The, the Gruden thing, I, I am impressed by that by that win. I am. 
You are it's John Gurdon. Yes. What is there to be impressed about? First first game at the at the black hole. It was that was a loud it, it, game. It was, listen, it was, John, like it. It, was, it was John Gruden. Listen, I like it. You asked me if I'm impressed. Okay, impressed well, week one. You shouldn't be impressed. Um, week two, it was that they beat the Cardinals 34-0. Cardinals suck. Week three, they beat the Chargers 23-35. Both of these teams have no fans. Um, Okay, I guess that one's impressive. The Chargers look pretty good. And then week four, they beat the Vikings. Vikings put up 31 on them. They won 38-31. And then next week, they beat the Seahawks. uh, In Seattle. In Seattle, 33-31. Then they beat the Broncos, 23-20. That was the weird game with the snow beforehand. Yeah. Uh, Beat the Niners... 39-10, 39-10, and then this week beat the Packers, 29-27. So the point I want to make is, you look at these teams, I'm not going to count that Chargers game because that was week three, um, and I think this was before the injury. Once Tlaib got, I think this right around the same time Tlaib got hurt, and I think Peters got hurt, but now Peters is back, and it doesn't seem like he's playing all that well, though, Marcus Peters. I don't know if the injury is having some lingering effect, but you know the Vikings put up 31 on them, the Seahawks put 31 on them, the Packers put 27, and if the Packers got that ball back, Rodgers was getting to at least field goal range. I don't know if Crosby was going to make the kick, but Rodgers was getting them to field goal range, right? We've seen that story too many times. So, yeah, there was plenty of time. So the Vikings put up 31, Seahawks 31, Packers 27, and possibly more um, had it not been for that fumble. And my point is, and then the Niners only put up 10 and the Broncos put up 20. 20. My point is I don't think the Rams' defense is all that good and you can throw on them. I mean, if we're going based on, you know, your initial question of which which wins for the Rams are impressive. Yeah. You know, okay, week one through week three, you know, if you want to throw those out, you throw them out. Well, I'm just – I'm throwing them out because I think that's when Tlaib and uh, Peters got hurt. And I know Peters is back, but still so – For me, the Vikings win is, is impressive. No, forget win. that. Forget that. I worded that wrong. Forget the whole impressive thing. Just note, like – I'm, I'm just trying to make the point that their defense, you can throw on them, and they don't really have a good defense, the Rams. Well, I mean, uh, to an extent, yes. I would say that they're, that Aaron Donald is easily the best player, defensive player in football. Okay. I mean, the guy is in, is incredible. And what yeah, but he's, that, doing, he's, he's one guy. You got 11. What he's doing in the interior, you know, lineman position is incredible. Yeah, but he doesn't I cover I do think that their defense cover is receivers. not as advertised. No, it's, not that, it's not that good. It's okay. <laughs> They're good, and the, the difference is they can score. You can definitely throw, but you can throw on them. That well, the Chiefs can score too, and the Chiefs' defense isn't anything good at all. Well, the, I, I would I would take the Rams' defense before the Chiefs' defense. Okay, but like, yeah, sure, but like that's. But the Chiefs haven't spent all the money on their defense like the Rams had. So. So I think the Rams' defense isn't all that good. Is the point? I think you can throw on them, and I think next week in the Superdome against the Saints, like that's going to be. I, I I think that's. I think this is going to be the Saints, uh, the Rams' first loss. We'll see. I think I they should have. They should have lost this week. Well, I don't know if they should have because I don't think I don't know if Crosby would have made that field goal. But I know for a fact if Rodgers has gotten that ball, we've seen it too many times with him. He would have gotten in the field goal range at least, right? Yeah. Good teams find a way to win, though. Um. So, do you agree with my point though that you can throw on the Rams or no? Yes, and that extent. they give I up think a lot of. Their pass rush is very good, though. I mean, Wilson so, was carving them up. Rogers was. Uh, Cousins was. So the other thing I want to say about the Rams, I, 
<laughs> so they're the best team right now, right? They're eight now, the only undefeated team, right? Yeah. I wanted to see if you could do this, and I, I guess I am putting you on the spot. Okay. I was just wondering this because they're the best team. We should know all of their players, right? Okay. Can you name their backup running back? <laughs> no chance. <laughs> I know he's played. I know he's played a bunch actually recently. Malcolm um, Brown. Brown, yeah. Uh, can you name their tight end? Uh, it's not. Is it Tyler Higby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. And can you name one linebacker on the roster? I mean, Alec Ogletree was there, but he's yeah, not he's anymore. On, isn't he on the Giants now? Yeah. Um, no way. Uh, it's like that, that's the point. Like, I you can't name one of their linebackers. How did they have this great defense? The running back thing was a joke because uh, the running. Girly plays, yeah, girly snap, plays all the time. Snaps. And with the tight end, they don't even throw to their tight end. No, especially now that they got a Cooper Cup back, too. Um, yeah, and now Reynolds is like, he's, he's came out of nowhere. He's pretty good. Um, uh, well, yeah, he's pretty this good. This goes back to my thing, though, with L.A. <laughs> L.A. Does a, does a terrible job, and I think LeBron's going to find this, too. L.A. does a terrible job. I don't think that extends to the Lakers. Marketing. Uh, uh, I disagree. But not with the Lakers. Bit. Not with the Lakers. That's a different conversation, though. But, yeah, dude, I can't even think of a linebacker on that they team. They do a bad job of marketing their players. I, I, really I can't even that. think of a linebacker on that team. All right. So that was the game of the week. Um, we're not going to spend too much time on football because, you know, we just talked about the World Series a lot, and that was kind of the big sporting event the last week. And we're at 33 minutes. So... Well, we were going to do um, – we got two more things I, I want to get to. Let's, uh, let's, I want to keep this under an hour. Hopefully we can do that. Uh, Hugh Jackson fired. Finally. He, <laughs> About he, time. What was his record during those um, three, three two-plus season? He had three wins, a tie. 39 losses, I think? How, no, it was 36 losses. 36? Okay. Because he cool. lost 15 the first year, 16 the second. That's 31. And right now they're 2-5-1. and one. So that's 36 losses. So his 36. record is 3-36-1, I believe. Do we do, I mean, and they fired Todd Haley, too, the offensive coordinator. Greg Williams is now the head coach, the interim yeah. head coach. Bounty. Bounty 2.0. Yeah. Um, I can't believe he's a head coach. I, uh, I think it's more – I mean, I know Todd Haley and, and Hugh Jackson didn't really, you know – See eye to eye <laughs> over the first couple weeks of this season. Hard knocks. This is my team. When you get your own team, then you can do things. But I'm the captain of this show. What you, oh eight, you only give Todd Haley eight games, though? Yeah. I mean, it's a little surprising, right? I mean, I know the offense hasn't been great, and there's been problems, clear problems. But eight games? The thing is with the, with the Browns, they have talent. You know, Baker's... You know whether you like him or not, he's he, okay. He's, Who else do they have? He's the first overall pick. You have to, you know, you Who have else to make do they him. Have on that team on offense. Nick Chubb. Jarvis I think Nick Landry. Chubb, Nick Chubb's good. That's it. Nick Chubb's good. Yeah, he's a first-year running back, though. Everyone, everyone loves to say, "Oh, the Browns had talent." The Browns, you know. No, they got they Chubb. Did. They got Landry. They have Miles Garrett. They have uh, what's his name, Denzel Ward, the corner. The, the, everyone points to the to the talent, quote unquote talent. They do they have, have talent when you pick in like the top. Two every year, you you're gonna have talent. But my, I'm just so I don't understand the firing of Todd Haley unless there were some serious issues behind the scenes that we don't understand. Eight game, he gets eight mm. games, right? Eight games for this team. 
that has a bunch of first and second year players running around the field, right? And Jarvis Landry. I mean, their offense was horrible. Do they have the talent that people love to say they have? Yeah. I don't. I, Callaway? I you don't like him? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't think Njoku's very good. I don't think Callaway's very good. Well, Joku, I'm just saying Todd Haley wasn't going to help. So who, who who should they hire? Who should they hire? Is the is the question? I mean, I think they want Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. I don't think they'll get him. I think it was. I think it was Coward I, I saw on Twitter. He was like saying McCarthy should throw his name in the hat or hat in the ring. That's Is that the, is that the same? Um, I don't know. That was kind I of – the, the, the thing the NFL needs to get away from is the whole coaching carousel. I mean I know that I've mentioned – Yeah, yeah, like hiring these guys who have already been fired from – yeah. yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And they've sort of started to get away from that. It was a whole lot worse, you know, probably about five, six, seven years ago. But – that's what they need the worst is uh, every time like there's a head coaching opening, you always hear, uh, you know, maybe they could get Shanahan, maybe they can get Bill Cowher, Mike Holmgren. Like these guys have been retired forever. Like I guess it. Well, Gruden, he finally came back, but that was a what weird. About Jeff Fisher, should he throw oh, his name in the hat? God, no, no, <laughs> um, no, 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 no. So, all right, yeah. There's not much to talk about the Browns. I mean, good goodbye, Hugh Jackson. We will miss um, we'll miss you. Well, not really, but you know. All right. So there was a couple of trades. Uh, we're doing this October 30th, and there's been a couple of trades to break. By the time this is up, there will probably be another one, and a lot of what we just said might be invalidated because people might care about the other one more. But Demarius Thomas gets traded from the. Where was he on? Oh, the Broncos. Yeah, the Denver Broncos to the Houston Texans. Yep. Uh, the Bron or the Texans get or the Broncos get a fourth rounder for him, and they swap seventh rounders. And then the Eagles got Golden Tate from the Lions in exchange for a third rounder. So two teams um, trying to make the playoffs. I think the Eagles like they're not out of it. They're only two games back, and they play in an awful division. Um, and their offense has been kind of bad this year. Uh, especially after losing a Jaya, Jeffrey wasn't healthy to start the year. Bringing Golden Tate back, having or not back, but bringing in Golden Tate, giving them another receiver to put alongside Jeffrey, and I think the um, or the Texans are trying to do the same thing, getting another receiver, putting him alongside uh, Hopkins. Name? Hopkins, yeah. Why am I blanking? Especially oh. with Fuller out. Yeah, Fuller tore his ACL. He's out, so they need really needed that other receiver. And I don't know, both of those moves kind of seem the same to me. Like these teams are just trying to make the playoffs. You need the receiver, the other teams, the Broncos and the Lions kind of looked at what they got and they're like, okay, we, we don't have it. We don't want to pay this aging receiver going forward because both the guys are 30. We're in the same draft. And both are free agents to be. Is that, is that true? Yes. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how much there is there, but to like really talk about it's just – I don't know, getting a receiver and trying to make a run at the playoffs. I, I, I like the move by both of the sides. I, I can't say, you know, it's not like they gave up that much. A third rounder, is that that much? It's high. I mean, it, it's high, but then when you look at it compared to Amari Cooper. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's the other there. thing. That's the other thing. Yeah, they they gave up a first for Cooper. We talked about this last week. Um, so let's not harp on it too much or at all, really. But um yeah, I don't know. Like, Amari Cooper's obviously younger than these guys, so it's not really a perfect comparison. But, 
I don't know. I, I like the move by these teams trying to make the playoffs. I think the Eagles, if they had the Super Bowl hangover year and didn't make the playoffs, it'd kind of like look bad. I, I almost want to say it would invalidate their Super Bowl. Yeah, or is that just me taking a shot? I mean, I think I think you can. I mean, I, I think you can make that statement. And the difference between uh, between Demarius Thomas, the only real difference between Demarius Thomas and between um, Golden Tate contractually is that while they both potentially could be free agents next year, they're the only way that Demarius Thomas becomes a free agent is if he decides if there's if he's a, he has an out in his contract in 2019. Okay. So his free agency is technically 2020, but these are clearly, like you said, two teams that are trying to make the playoffs now, um, and two teams that are in need of wide receiver help. What I think it does is that these moves help out the big-time receivers on both of these teams, because, I mean, first of all, DeAndre Hopkins is incredible. Without another receiver helping him out, you know, with cover with with opening up coverages, but Alshon Jeffrey was the only receiver in Philadelphia. I mean, Nelson Aguilar is not going to free up coverage for for a guy like Alshon Jeffrey, but someone like Golden Tate that has kind of a game breaking edge to him, where if you give him the ball in space, has potential to go a long way, will help break up some of that coverage for, you know, Alshon Jeffrey, a guy who's more of a deep threat, a guy who can, you know, catch the long ball. And, and I think that that really helps in the long run. So that yeah. to me, I think is what the biggest thing is for, for these teams. Yeah. The more, forward. the more I talk about it, it's really not that interesting. <laughs> I mean, the, the thing is, it's, it's just, what makes it interesting is that this is a particularly fascinating and particularly um, uh, busy trade deadline in the NFL. We've never really seen anything like this. Well, the trade deadline being this busy? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I saw this tweet. Uh, I think Jay Glazer was the one who tweeted it uh, about all the trades that have happened during the uh, season. Let me pull it up. It was like Khalil Mack, Josh Gordon, and he tweeted this before uh, Golden Tate got traded. So it was Khalil Mack, Josh Gordon. Oh, I can't. I lost the tweet. There it is. Oh, Eli sorry. Uh, Eli Apple, Amari Cooper, Damon Harrison, Demarius Thomas, and now Golden Tate. It's a lot. It's a lot of big, you know, middle to big name guys. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that it's kind of weird because that's – not what we've seen in the NFL. So it's the NFL trade deadline is not known for this, you know? No. And I don't know, in a couple of years, are we going to start seeing player for player trades? Because that's another thing we don't see in the NFL. It's always players for draft picks, you know? Right. So I don't know. I don't know. who. So who do you, who's left on the trading market? Because Le'Veon Bell's not an option because he hasn't signed, so you can't trade him. Uh, we're, we're coming up on the deadline. Yeah, it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow, right? Today. It's later today. It's later today? Yes, oh, that's why tomorrow. today is the is the real, you know, kind of really kind of the last ditch to get these trades in. Uh, really, the only kind of guys, the bigger name guys that you think are going to be ones that are moved, you know, you can look to the New York Giants. Why really? doesn't Denver try and get rid of Von Miller? That and would be that would be you know that that's the kind of move that you kind of look at. That's a similar to a Khalil Mack move. No, it's not because Khalil Mack's younger. Um, 
Oakland had this young core. Von Miller, like this Denver's not going anywhere, you know? They just traded Demarius Thomas. They're not going anywhere. Sell off Von Miller. Get some picks. Rebuild, reboot your franchise. I mean, if you look at the my, my thing with Demarius Von Miller's Thomas, what thirty? My my thing with Demarius Thomas is this: he's he's the kind of receiver that you know four it's years 29. ago. If you make this trade four years ago, this would be a massive, massive move. Yeah, I mean, but it's you, not like. I'm talking about trading players right now, like in their prime, who are like at that age. So my thing is this: are the are the Broncos really in the really in the you know okay we're selling and we're in full rebuild mode? I don't think so. Well, they should be. They don't have a quarterback. They, they, they don't have be. a quarterback. They, I think they think they have a quarterback. <laughs> no, they don't because they're not. There's, what do you mean? His number, his numbers are so down from what they were last year. I think if they were in full rebuild mode, they would make the move for for a bigger name bigger name guy like Von Miller. I don't think they are. So okay, Von Miller. Von Miller is the one like the biggest name that I think someone should get traded. I'm just trying to think of other teams. The Dolphins already kind of traded a lot of their guys, like well, they cut Sue, traded Landry during the off season. Just trying to think off the top of my head, and this well, really the only guy that they were thinking was Devontae Parker, but now they they he looks like he's staying there, so. Trying to think I mean, off the top of my head. Is there any more guys? Um, just looking at all the teams. Well, Janoris Jenkins uh, is one that was his name was flying around. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can make the you can make the the case that the Giants should get rid of um, get rid of some of their other big name guys on defense. Don't really um, think there isn't. What about? I mean, Larry Fitzgerald. They're never going to get rid of him. No. Uh, so no. that's stupid to talk about. Uh, I guess that yeah, I can't really think of any others. Von Miller though, that's why well, I, I think that would be. I think the Broncos would be smart to trade him. That's why you're sitting behind the mic in Boston and not the GM of the uh, of Broncos. Or maybe that's, that's, why, you're not or maybe that's why the Broncos are three and five. You're not John Elway. <laughs> well, Elway is you know he's not been uh, he's been on a little bit of a cold streak. You know, took Paxton Lynch in the first round. Uh, hasn't had a quarterback to replace Manning. Uh, what is it? What does he? What does he accomplish the last, since that Super Bowl? Yeah, he's got a Super Bowl ring. Well, I know, but he's. I'm just saying, in the last three years, he's really whiffed on the last couple of drafts, and I don't know. Right. I, I agree. I drafted Royce Freeman in fantasy, and now he's not even the guy. I guess this Lindsey guy is the new uh, starter. Whatever. Well, he's also hurt too. But. Yeah. Alrighty, uh, I think that's it. So next week, I guess we'll just do football because there's no more baseball. Um, I will be doing a basketball one. I think I might even do one this Friday, and I, I, I want, I'm really excited about that. Um, you will not be joining for the basketball one. Listen, you're on your own on that one. I'll find someone. I'll you're on together. your own with that one. But I, I will tell you, how my my Golden State Warriors, how about that game last night? How about I edit the part out where you said my Golden State Warriors? <laughs> Jeez. Franchise, well, not even for NBA record, 14 threes. Great. After he was ice cold the first couple of seasons, the first couple of games, he, he looked bad. Clay Thompson, yeah, he's a good shooter. I mean, what else is there to say? Right. Like, I, <laughs> what are we supposed to do? Just, like, sing his praises all day? Give me. Break. It's impressive. Yeah, it's impressive. You know what was more impressive? Game six of the uh, 2016 Western Conference Finals when he like had when he went off against OKC. I, I didn't need that game to tell me Clay Thompson was a good shooter and one of the it's top. Too much basketball for me right now. Two or three shooters I've seen in my entire life. I didn't need that. I know he's good. 
your favorite time of the year is coming up too. Uh, early season NCAA basketball. Oh my god! Is there anything <laughs> worse? These teams like play these no name schools and like win by sixty. And there's that one game that North Carolina or someone has against UCLA, like two big schools, and like it's a good game and everyone forgets about it because it doesn't matter when it comes to the tournament. And I don't know, you know. Kudos to the people who watch regular season college basketball. I used to do that. I could never do that again. You're out. I'm beyond out. Like there was once a time I could tell you like the starting five of like most college. Uh, basketball programs. I think it was like my senior year of high school, freshman year of college. I was really into it. And then I got really into it that year Kentucky went undefeated until they lost to Wisconsin. I, I couldn't imagine myself getting that into it again. <laughs> that was a good Kentucky team. Yeah, it was good, but like they didn't win it. Nope, they didn't. They should have played Devin Booker more. I don't know why they didn't. They kept playing the Harrisons. And um, how did we get on this? <laughs> it's college basketball, baby. They really, yeah, why would they not play Devin Booker over the Harrisons? Calipari, what a great coach, right? What a guy. What a great coach, please. All righty. <laughs> That's it. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, I'll be back next week.